Below the Bar podcast is not meant to be taken as legal advice. It is purely used for entertainment purposes. Corbin and I are not attorneys. In fact, we haven't even graduated law school yet. We don't even know if we're going to graduate. We don't even know if we're going to graduate. That's scary. So if you have any legal concerns, please, 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 I urge you guys to seek an actual attorney. With that being said, I hope you enjoy this episode. And that's all I have to say. Hey Corbin, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to place you under arrest here now. You're gonna arrest me for yeah. what? Uh, you know, we'll talk about that later. But right now, just get against the wall. No, you can't do that. I have rights. Uh, what rights? You don't uh, have rights. I have a lot of rights. I don't think. And you have t- to tell me exactly what my rights are. That, I've never heard of that in my life. You have to. You know what? I'm just going to arrest you now, and hopefully that stands up in court, and we'll see what happens. We'll take it from there. No, listen. Yeah. Miranda v. Arizona says that I have rights, and you have to tell me what these rights are. Well, I've never heard of that, so why don't we do some digging in Miranda v. Arizona and see what rights you have yeah we can dig through but i'm just saying you're gonna have to let me go at the end of this we'll find out okay that's <laughs> that's to be determined okay uh hi guys welcome to below the bar podcast again my name is drew with me as always is corbin how's it going and today you heard it we're talking about miranda v arizona this is a fantastic case and everybody knows about miranda rights you know and we're just going to tell you where it came from with a little twist at the end yeah, I mean, we follow up on Miranda's life after. Yeah, and he had a crazy life after. He did, yeah. but we'll get into that yeah. after everything. Yeah, of course. So I guess we should probably start uh, just by telling people that Miranda v. Arizona is the case that created the Miranda rights that we all know. You know, the right to remain silent, right to an attorney. Right, yeah. I mean, whenever you get arrested, there's a list of everything that a police officer has to read to you before they can interrogate you basically yeah and we hear we see it on tv all the time we see it in movies i mean it's it's not it's no secret that these miranda rights exist so uh i guess we'll start off by just kind of going through the basic principles that this case is going to be dealing with like such as the fifth amendment yeah the fifth amendment is is a really important part of this case yeah, so the Fifth Amendment uh, is it's a really important part of this case. It goes the Fifth Amendment protects your rights to basically not be a witness against yourself. You know, pleading the Fifth is basically saying that you're not going to speak on anything because you don't want to incriminate yourself in any way. Another part of the Fifth Amendment is that no one shall be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of the law. Um, that's another big part of the Fifth Amendment which comes into play during this case. Yeah, exactly. And that's it's it's very key. And just basically prior to any interrogation, the police must inform suspects of these rights, including the right against self-incrimination and right to counsel. Right. So we'll dig into the facts of Miranda Vieira's in here. So this guy, Ernesto Miranda, he apparently he was a lifetime criminal for a variety of different things. Yeah, it yeah. seemed like generally did not have a great relationship with police officers or authority of the law any in general yeah yeah um so in march of 1963 
Miranda was arrested in his home regarding the kidnapping and rape of a woman from Arizona. He was taken into an interrogation room where there was a two or three hour long interrogation where basically they just continued to berate him with questions until he confessed, until he signed a confession stating that he committed these crimes. Yeah. I think I also saw some more too that he he was I think he had like mental issues or like a really low IQ or something. Or, yeah. yeah. I, I remember reading something about that as well. And that seemed to be a similar part. Um, in going through this case, we're going to talk about a couple different cases, which were Venera, Westover, and Stewart. And they were all kind of the same thing, where they were arrested, not read their rights, and then they were all pretty unintellectual it seems mm. and they were just held in an in an interrogation until they were basically convinced to confess to these crimes yeah. whether they did them or not i believe is still kind of up in the air i don't know yeah yeah and honestly even whether or not they they did them i don't i think that's irrelevant i mean right you have yeah. these rights for a reason and you know we need to make sure that procedure is being followed and if not then we need to do something about that but yeah, so you're exactly right. He was taken in this room. He had a two, yeah, two or three hour interrogation. And I don't, I've never been interrogated by police, but I could imagine that would be not fun. I mean, even getting pulled over. Like, imagine yeah. getting pulled over or think about the last time you're, you're not even doing anything wrong. You sped. You did something. It's still nerve wracking. Oh, yeah. You, you could be perfectly innocent. And yeah. <laughs> it's still nerve wracking. Like, so why are you nervous? And you're like, and, it's um, like because... <laughs> no, I just yeah. am. Ten but, and two. Ten and two. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, so I can. Im- you can just imagine what these guys were going through through these interrogations. Because yeah. when you're stopped for a tail light, it's nerve wracking. Could you imagine being interrogated about kidnapping and rape? Yeah, it'd be like, terrifying. That would be horrifying. Yeah. So, yeah. So he confesses. He signs this written confession, and he's ultimately convicted of kidnapping and rape, and sentenced to twenty to thirty years in prison. In large part due to this confession that he signs. Right, yeah. So then he ends up going to a trial based on the fact that he was never given these rights. Like, he was never read these rights by the police officers. And throughout the interrogation, he had no idea, basically, that he was allowed an attorney. He was allowed counsel. He was allowed to not respond. He ends up taking this to court. And at the lower court, he loses they basically say he waived his rights at the next court up the trial court he loses again and then i believe even at the supreme court of arizona he ended up losing as well yeah um but this case goes the whole way to the united states supreme court where they end up reversing the ruling and basically saying that because the police officers didn't read these rights, they broke his Fifth Amendment rights, and the ruling was reversed, and he was basically set free. Yeah, he walked. He walked. Whether or not he did this, he walked, because procedure wasn't followed. Yeah, and the whole... It's kind of crazy to me to think that, you know, that many levels of appeal, they were like... You don't have to inform people of their rights. Right. You can just like they pull them out. Yeah, they should just know. This guy with uh, an IQ of 80 or whatever, I don't know. Right. And he, like I said, I can't remember if it was a low IQ or if he had a mental um, disorder or something. Yeah. yeah. But he, uh, 
Yeah, that's crazy to think that somebody would just know that, especially before, you know, before they were a thing. A thing, like, right? Yeah, <laughs> like they've always been a thing, but before it was the rule that they had to be read because people don't know about them. Yeah, all these courts were just like, nah, you should know. Right, and they also said one. Of, I can't remember what level you said of appeal, but one of them had said that he had waived his rights, but at no point. A waiver has to be intelligently and knowingly made. And I think that's exactly what the Supreme Court said, too, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, is they said any waiver of these rights could not have been knowingly and intelligently made. So that's an invalid argument. Right. Yeah. And I know the court here says that any waiver, any waiver of these rights must be voluntary. And basically they said that if a person refuses to be questioned, you have to stop until they have counsel or anything like that and that they can't waive these rights unless they know that they are there yeah which is why they have to be read is one of the reasonings in this case that the supreme court holds yeah so i guess the next question would be when does do these miranda rights apply when do they have to read them and i think you kind of touched on this earlier and it's not on arrest because people think oh when you're arrested they have to read these rights it's before an interrogation yeah it's um before a custodial interrogation yeah so i guess there's that's right yeah custodial interrogation so i guess there's two terms that we should probably define here custody what is custody and what is interrogation and i know everybody's like i know what those are but the law is finicky and it's never what you think it is (laughs) right okay or maybe it is i don't know but custody is i mean this is just a flowery way of saying you're under the control of someone but it says Custody is a formal arrest or when a person is restrained to the degree associated with formal arrest. So, yeah, and that basically means that if you're a reasonable person and you don't feel like you're free to leave, that would be that you have been basically put into a custodial arrest. Yeah, you're under the control of the police. They're controlling your liberty. You can't, yeah, whatever. I mean, we're making up our own definitions here, but but they're all, I mean, it's kind of illustrating what custody is. Interrogation is just any line of questioning where police reasonably know that their words or conduct are likely to elicit an incriminating response. Right, so that kind of goes along it's not only questioning but also if you're in the back of a police car and you're under arrest for something and they and you say you want counsel and they stop questioning you but then they say listen if you just tell us what you did it's going to go a lot better for you even something like that like they can't try to persuade yeah. you into After- telling telling what you did or didn't do Right. Yeah. After there's an express request for an attorney by a suspect, they, you know, all questioning has to just cease right then and there until an attorney's present. Right. That's yeah. key, that has to be an express. You can't just say like, hey, do you guys know an attorney? Or Right. You have to be like, I want an attorney. Yeah. Or just shut the attorney. <laughs> like you can't just do that. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> so you have to say, I want an attorney. Right. Yeah. So that's that's basically what happened in Miranda is he you know got convicted of this these heinous crimes and he was not read his rights so he appealed on that ground and his conviction was reversed and he walked free now we're talking about that twist to the case and this is really wild i think yeah because you know how like with some of the other episodes we've done we do like a little bit of research into well what's the rule in pennsylvania because that's where we're at 
But we also like to kind of follow up and see if the parties in the case, kind of what happened to their life afterwards. And Miranda's life after he was set free was pretty crazy. And I, you guys probably won't believe it, but Drew did some research and I'll let him explain <laughs> what happened. You won't believe it. I did research, guys. So, yeah, Miranda actually for a while, for years afterwards, police carried this, oftentimes would carry this little card with them that had the Miranda rights on them. So whenever they would have to read the rights, they would pull up this little placard and they would read the rights. And they might still do that to this day. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It might be a thing. I don't know. But at that point in time, they did. So Miranda made this living. He would go, you know, and, and autograph these cards <laughs> for like two bucks. You know, this which is my is, this is my thing. That's a hustle, man. Oh. That's a hustle. So Miranda, he actually went on. He he lived a crazy life post post uh, walking free. What do you think he did? Just like if you didn't know anything about this, I mean, if if I didn't know anything about it, I would assume that like. Most people in cases, I feel like they kind of just go back to their life as normally as they can. Yeah. But I feel like they generally, like, it's just kind of like a normal life. Like, yeah. Dude, this guy, Miranda, he became a world-renowned athlete. He was part of the U.S. hockey <laughs> team that defeated the Soviets in the 1980 Winter Olympics. No way. Yeah. No. No. Actually, guys, he got stabbed in the chest in a bar fight over a card game and some dive <laughs> bar, and he bled out on the floor. That's what happened to Ernesto Miranda. So here's where it gets crazy because you're thinking like, that's not much of a twist. Dude was a lifelong criminal. He went into a bar. He got in a bar fight and it ended up bad for him. That's not too much of a twist. Right. Here's the twist. So this is in 1976, roughly 10 years. or Yeah, I think it was 76. Roughly 10 years after the case. The case and he, he ended up walking free. So this guy stabs him and runs away. His killer, whose name was Fernando Rodriguez, by the way, gets tackled, okay? Right. And then he gets arrested. And the police read Mr. Rodriguez his Miranda rights that were established by the man he just killed, okay? Okay. <laughs> and he exercises those rights and remains silent and doesn't say anything. And because of his exercise of the Miranda rights, he was ended up walking, he did not get convicted of killing Ernesto Miranda. He ended up walking, and I read that he went to Mexico and just disappeared. And that's just where he's at. Presumably, he's with Tupac somewhere on a beach. <laughs> but that's crazy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and can you imagine? So you're stabbed to death, and you're like, all right, well, they're going to get the guy. It's, yeah. it's no big deal. He's probably laying on the ground, Miranda, and this is grim, but he's probably laying there going like, I'm not worried. Because <laughs> they're going to get him. The Miranda rights. <laughs> they'll read that to him, and procedure will be followed, and they'll get him. But, but because of Miranda rights, yeah, he walked. No he justice yeah. for Miranda. Well, kind of justice in the beginning, and then not towards the end. Yeah. <laughs> One quick thing that I want to just touch real quick is a little earlier in the episode, you had mentioned the four other cases. Yeah. That just real quick, what ended up happening with this? Um. So with. All of them except for one. So with the Venera and Westover, they both ended up going. They went through their state. I don't know which states they were in except for Stewart. But Venera and Westover, they both kind of went through the same steps as Miranda. They went to court. Then they went to trial court. And then they went to their state Supreme Court, all in which they lost. 
And then whenever Miranda went to the Supreme Court, their cases get ended up getting overturned. But Stewart was in California, and so he went to court, lost, trial court, lost. He went to the California Supreme Court, and that's where they reversed it. So after Miranda happened, they bas- they reversed the first two, the Venera and Westover, and then they affirmed the California Supreme Court, stating that Stewart won, and I believe they all walked free as well. So that seems like it was almost common practice, which is kind of scary to think that, you know, at some, I mean, and this is probably not surprising to think about, you know, decades and decades ago, how things could have been, you know, uh, but, you know, that police could just arrest you and not inform you of any rights. And then, and then, and they all were also had to go through hour long interrogations where they all confessed to their crimes. Yeah, yeah. So it seems like that was a pretty common thing where you got arrested and you were just interrogated until you said you did whatever they said you did. Yeah, especially with the high rate. If you look, I mean, I don't have a number, but if you look at the high, like at the rate of people that confess even to crimes that they did not commit just right. because they're worn down or they just want this to be over or they're scared or whatever it may be. Yep. So that's that's crazy. But, but that's all we got for Miranda today. you have anything else you want to? Uh, no, not really. Um, I'm just gonna do my same old spiel where I say if you guys have any ideas, let us know. Follow us on our Instagram. We have all of our YouTube videos are out now, so follow us, subscribe to us on there. Yeah, if you guys have anything that you want us to do, just let us know. Yeah, we'd love to do it, guys. And as always, thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Tune in next week, and we'll see you then.